Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to a very special Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. I'm joined here by James the Sharp End Sharp. And it's special because it's a year to the day that Leicester City were crowned Premier League champions. Remarkable as that seems, it did actually happen a year ago today. Uh, James, what were your memories of that night when uh, when Chelsea come back to grab the fatal point that's uh, crowned Leicester City champions? Well, first of all, I can't believe that's the year since it happened. I mean, it's ever how much has gone since then, but full year since one of the greatest nights of our lives. Um, I was working it. Um, I was in the office covering, live blogging the Chelsea v Tottenham game on the off chance that maybe Tottenham would slip up. And I remember at half-time with, uh, with, with them 2-0 up, it felt a bit like a wasted night, really. Um, so just having a bit of fun seeing it, seeing it to the end. And then we got one back and then I just remember when, when Hazard scored and that ball just curled into the top corner and I'm just, just just standing up, head, hands on head, as the kind of realisation of what was going on happened and then um and then and then the final whistle went and I remember I was about nine about five to ten um at night. As soon as the final whistle went, all we could start hearing was car horns um and beeping uh, as just as people just, just started driving around the city and they they were still beeping when I left the office at one o'clock in the morning. Obviously fans had sprinted out of their homes down to the, to the King Power Stadium and people were phoning family, hugging strangers and it was just one of the most ridiculous nights ever. You're, you're obviously a Leicester City fan as well as a reporter. Yeah. Was the fact that you were having to work that night, did it, did it taint any of the celebrations? You weren't able to go out and join the masses in the street down the stadium? Um, I don't, not really. I don't think. I mean, uh, obviously, being in such a privileged position as 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 I am, we are to cover it so closely. Even uh, and it never, it still hasn't sunk in. I don't think really. Um, it was uh, being so close to it on a daily basis, writing about it, talking about it, uh, interviewing players, seeing all the games. Um, you never really got a sense. Um, a chance to stand back from it all and, and appreciate just just how remarkable it was. I mean, from the sheer volume of international requests we got from TV and radio stations around the world would suggest that it, it was remarkable. But for us, it was just, you watch Leicester play every week and they kept winning because they were better than everyone else. It just seemed so normal. Um, so you never really got a chance to step back from it all. And even now, I, I think the closest it gets to sinking in is when... The montage is played before the king before matches at the King Power Stadium with the Ness and Dormer, and at the end of it, it says here your your twenty sixteen Premier League champions, the amazing Leicester City. I think that's about the only reason time it does sink in. Um, but no, I, I, working it, it didn't really bother me that much. I mean, it, it happened, and that's enough for me. I mean, I was working outside of Leicester uh, that night, and so I didn't get a chance to sort of see the scenes myself until the very next morning. I was down the stadium very very early, uh, and 
you could tell there'd been a massive party that had taken place because there was cans and bottles everywhere. There was news crews from around the world camped out around the stadium. And uh, when they heard that, you know, a Leicester Mercury reporter was there, they all wanted to interview yeah. me rather than, you know, they were just stopping everybody, any fans. And there were still fans milling around, celebrating, flying the flags. I remember in the evening, we went down to the stadium again. Uh, there was more interviews to be done. And then uh, a fire engine pulled up and they were bibbing their uh, their horn and letting the siren wail waving flags out the window the fire crews were and people ran in the road to jump dance in front of it. It was incredible scenes. And what really struck me as well was uh, that every... It's a very diverse society, a uh, community in, in Leicester, but everybody was united uh, in, in, by the colour blue. Everybody was wearing, from whatever cultural background they're from, wearing Leicester shirts and they all wanted to celebrate. It was a massive boost uh, to civic pride in Leicester and uh, like you I, it's just flown by since then hasn't it that I, I can't believe it's been a, a year but uh, as, as do you think it will sink in for generations of, of City fans in the future and do you think younger fans think this is the norm <laughs> well, I don't I don't know about the younger fans I mean they, they should realise that this isn't the norm um, from uh, having years and years of nearly's not quite and nowhere nears Um if anything, it's never dull following Leicester, as, as we all well know, from League One to playoffs to penalty heartaches and and promotions and Frenchmen taking penalties and all these kind of things. Um, I think I think it will I think it will sink in. I mean, I mean, I'm concerned slightly that it might just hit you all of a sudden when you're not quite realising it, and you're just suddenly strip Nathan run down the street in some kind of insane uh, whatever but um, yeah I think so because I think as it goes on you'll look down the list of teams that won the Premier League and it'll be Arsenal Man U Chelsea Man City and well, then we looked at the trophy and on the yeah, on the, the, and then the, the trophy there were all the teams were, were there and we had to take a photo of that and then out, and then Leicester's name little old Leicester's name just pops upon it Um I thought, I thought it would be more. Um, it, I felt like it, it should be more remarkable than it than it was. And like I said before, I think it's because we watched them every week, and because they were just they were just better than everyone else. You didn't fluke it; they were just they were just the better team. You can't fluke a thirty-eight game season. No, exactly. <laughs> I think uh, I think if anything, it felt more remarkable for people that that weren't that were watching it from afar. Maybe how we'd have felt. If we'd have watched Crystal Palace do it, mm. um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's so joyous and so yeah. you know, the range of emotions have been huge. But you thought like if you if when you're in League One and someone you get and the, you from years gone by will tap on the shoulder and go, oh, by the way, in about ten years time you're going to go and win the Premier League, you'd think, oh, that will that will feel that will feel unbelievable inc- and that will be just overwhelming. But it felt um, it felt. Just felt normal because they were were just so much better than everyone else. What I've loved about the fact was that people from across the uh, county and and f- further afield, who weren't football fans, who were not interested, probably hate football, but they managed to get caught up in the romance of it all, and uh, they were cheering. I mean, for a classic example, my, my wife she's sick to death of football. All she ever hears about is football, and then uh, that. But that night, the last thing she wants to do is watch a game. But that night, she sat transfixed. 
at that Spurs Chelsea game. Normally she would never ever dream of sitting down and watch Tottenham versus Chelsea, uh, but uh, she did and she jumped off the sofa, literally jumped ten feet up in the air when uh, Hazard's uh, effort curled into the top corner. So it sort of just it just transcends football fans, doesn't it? Yeah. the whole community. How do you think Leicester Shear has changed over the last year? Um, well, they're more famous for a start. Um, I mean, to be honest, we've we've only really been renowned for pork pies, Kasabian and Engelbert Umberdink, really, for the for however long it's been. And then all of a sudden, well, what we thought was the biggest story with King Richard the Third being found here, um, and then and then obviously Leicester happens, and you'd always find that when you go on holiday. And you'd and you speak to you know, foreign people and say, oh, "Where are you from?" And you go, "Are you from Leicester?" And they go, "Oh, well, where's that? Is it near London?" Well, no, it's not really. It's about an hour north of London. Do you know where Bert? Have you heard of Loughborough? It's got quite a big university. No, okay, fair enough. And after about twenty minutes of just of trying to explain where you are, you actually just say, "Up oh, near London." Um, whereas now you speak to people when you go on holiday and everything, and you, and you mention you're from Le- Leicester, and the first thing they say is, "Oh, Jamie Vardy, Riyad Mahrez. We we mm. we, want, we loved watching you win the Premier League. It, it brought this." Kind of, Averagely sized town, which has done average things over the years, brought it to the very centre of the world's lens and Mm. it's put Leicester on the map and it's just, it's added an extra sense of pride um, to to the city. I mean, I think as well, one of the amazing things it did, not just for the Leicester community, but for for sports fans around the world, is it gives hope. It gives hope and belief that, you know, we don't have to uh, just accept the established norms that certain clubs are going to be challenged for the t- titles and, and, and trophies and, and the rest are just the fodder. They're just <laughs> the one, the mid-table is the best you can you can hope for. It gives a belief to fans of other clubs as well. And I think that's why everybody was so pleased and embraced it at the time. <clears throat> because it, it had effect for them as well, it, the romance of it, That's the it, underdog story. The romance of it all, isn't it? <clears throat> and everybody's just got on board with that, and uh, and and they had it sparked that dream in them as well that perhaps one day it could be them. Yeah, because we've been told we've been told for so long that it's the haves and the haves nots, and if you don't have all if you don't have all this cash and you aren't one of these teams, then you won't win it. And you're told that so often that you end up you end up believing it. Um, but then Leicester showed that you can do it, and not with not with, with no disrespect to Leicester's players, you, you don't have to buy the world's best players to win the world's biggest league prize. Um, you can do it with those old-fashioned um, attributes of heart, desire, roll your sleeves up, get in the faces, and Le- Leicester's players are, are technically good. They're, good. they're good players, but you wouldn't say they are world-beating. They're, they're not in the same brackets as... They're not as gifted as, as Eden Hazard or... Or Alexis Sanchez, but they've got other attributes. They've got those attributes that everyone can have, really, which is just guts and passion and outfighting opposition and not never saying die, never quitting. And those attributes, combined with some decent ability, can take you to where you want to go. And I think I'd never seen. I find it really strange and quite lovely, really, which is that so many times that last season when Leicester would go to would go to Crystal Palace or they'd go to Watford and they'd win and the, the fans of the home team that's just been beaten would, would be applauding Leicester off and would be cheering for the team that's just come and beaten you. I mean, you, you never see that. And it no. just showed how much Leicester encapsulated the hearts of everyone in the, in, in the country. I think we need to mention a certain individual as well. We yeah. haven't mentioned yet. Claudio Ranieri, the man who masterminded the, uh, the impossible dream. 
he's no longer with the club. Obviously, a uh, bit of drama this season, which is, there is every season with Leicester City. You never have a dull season with Leicester City. But uh, let's just put into context what uh, what this man achieved. I mean, this he, he come to the club under a cloud, just been sacked by the Greek national team. He lost every game. He uh, he took charge for them. He had uh, a strange sort of. Um, Relationship with the media in this country as well, known in some quarters as Clanio. Well, silenced all his critics and all the doubters, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I mean, uh, it would be wrong of us for us to say that we saw it coming and we didn't underestimate him because we all did. we all felt a little bit underwhelmed when he was appointed. But he he went about it, and I think he all, he as a person also added to the romance of it because. As much as we all have a lot of time for for Nigel Pearson and what he did here, and like, personally as a fan, I, I quite quite enjoyed Nigel, and yeah. sometimes you liked him ruffling a few feathers, but uh, he didn't kind of a lot of people looking off from the side didn't really kind of he he say, ruffled a few feathers, yeah. probably too many. Um, yeah. Whereas Claddy was the opposite of that, and he his personality I think added to the romance of this story because he helped bring to Leicester something that fans never ever expected would be brought here but he did so with with charm and a smile and with dignity and with respect and he treated everyone as uh, as you would hope to be treated and and with these little quirky little quotes in press conferences and shaking everyone by the hand and it was all these little things that that just added to the story and I think him as a him as a person and um seeing him as a, as a manager and also from our point of view, dealing with him from a from a professional point of view, he was everything that you would want for someone to lead a team like Leicester to the Premier League title. And what and his achievements, however it ended, his achievements and his role in that success will be remembered forever. Let's talk about the legacy because obviously this is a time for reflection at the moment. But we've got to look ahead as well now and the legacy uh, that this title success. Has had on the club. I mean, the club has never been in any better shape financially now on the back of this. The Champions League campaign as well, reaching the quarterfinals, the the money that's uh, come into the club. But I, I imagine also as well that the the belief that and the confidence that in future they can challenge again. I mean, they might not be challenged for the title, but they might no, certainly can certainly aspire to challenging for your European place mm. after this season. There's nothing to fear now, is there? This 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 club can keep, continue to, its momentum and continue to grow. Yeah, you'd like to hope so. Like, if, if, as long as they can, they, they build in the right way and they continue to, to do what they have been doing. I mean, you, you saw them in the Champions League quarterfinal against Atletico Madrid. I know, in a sense, it's a one-off game because it's a quarterfinal and they have to go for it. But they they showed that they have the the qualities to to shake the most unshakable defense in Europe. They showed that they can mix it with the big boys, unbeaten at home in the whole of the Champions League against. Against a, a two-time European Cup winner in Porto, um, like I say, Atletico Madrid, Sevilla, three-time, well, the last three years of Europa League, they they can mix it with the big boys as long as they can if they can take that into the Premier League because they've shown that they can do under Craig Shakespeare. There's no reason why they can't at least battle at, at towards that end of the table. And you've seen even teams like West Brom getting up to eighth. And I know they're off the champion off the European spots, but. As you, we've spoken to Wes and we've spoken to a lot of the players who have said, "Yeah, if we can, if we can do what we're doing now and continue that over a full season, there's no reason why they can't um, they can't challenge again. As long as they get their recruitment right, 
long as they make the right decision with with the manager, um, that everything is in place. As long as they do the right things, that they that there's no reason why it can't just be a, a, a short period of, of, of blossom for Leicester City. Well, that's the key, isn't it? Making the right decisions now. I mean, the last summer's transfer activity probably didn't bear the fruit that uh, a lot of people had hoped for. Uh, but um, in recent weeks, we've seen a return to the identity of Leicester City that we saw last season, that title-winning uh, identity, six wins in nine. The, 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 I think it was epitomised on uh, on Saturday, West Bromwich Albion, Vardy winner, holding on, defending stoutly uh, until the end. That's what we saw regularly last season. And uh, But they're coming to uh, the, sort of the end of that shelf life, I think, for some of the players. And uh, they might have another season in them. Uh, but I think Leicester City now have got to start making some decisions about which direction they're going in the future. Certainly, top of that list has got to be uh, the manager's position. Is Are they going to give it to Craig Shakespeare and continue in a, a similar sort of path to where they are now in terms of recruitment, uh, the identity of the team, the identity of the players they bring in? Or are they going to go in another direction? Are they going to go with uh, you know a big money, uh, big name manager who's going to spend a lot of cash and bring in big name European players? And uh, but we've seen how that's faltered in the past with uh, with Sven when they tried that with Sven Juran Eriksson. So, but some big major decisions to uh, to be made in the summer. But that's for the future. Right now, we're reminiscing on a glorious time in Leicester City's history, one that nobody will ever forget. Um, I think we'll finish with just. One abiding moment, one 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 memory that sort of uh, just encapsulated everything for you that that um, that makes this such a special moment. Oh, put me on the spot there a little bit. I think for me, the abiding one for me will be uh, is the, is Bocelli before the before the Everton game. Um, that was just. I mean, I can I can I can barely remember what happened in that Everton game, apart from the fact it rained a lot after the game started. That's all I can really remember. I know that Andy King's called, um, but the, at the beginning with, with Bocelli singing, um, and I remember seeing standing in the press box, and in front of me was there was a, a father and his his daughter, and he, and as he was singing, he got his arm round, he got his arm round, and they just stood watching it. And I, and even in the press box, I know that even journalists who don't have anything, have any real emotional ties to Leicester, they they were, they were they were starting to tear up, and it was just one of the most special, kind of beautiful moments that just brought everyone together because you'd got family members hugging each other, you got strangers hugging each other, who, like you said before. Of different of all ages, of all classes, or creeds, or religions, or genders, everyone <coughs> just united by one shirt, one badge, one moment, one team, um, and it was just everything that they have achieved just brought into one little moment. You start to sound a bit like Bono there. <laughs> Lots of ones. Uh, for me, it's that, uh, that that evening after the night before when the party was continuing down the, the stadium and I was just casually walking around watching people celebrate. And uh, I kept bumping into people that I, I uh, interact with in my job and have done for the last eight years. And, you know, they've been through some tough times as Leicester fans and uh, now they were enjoying their, their moment. This was their reward and that was my... That was my favourite moment. But uh, I'm sure you guys listening will have got your own individual memories. But uh, those are ours. This was Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast, looking back on the day that Leicester City became champions. Thank you for listening and join us again soon.